0: Welcome to Inside Your Schools, a local podcast from, for, and within the San Luis Coastal Unified School District. Join us for a deep dive into things like innovation, artificial intelligence, empowering student voice, career technical education, school facilities, youth athletics, summer programs, and so much more. So tune in each month and learn more about how San Luis Coastal Unified School District is impacting students, staff, families, and community right here on Inside Your Schools. Well, welcome again to Inside Your Schools, the San Luis Coastal Unified School District's monthly podcast. I'm your host, Terry Caney, and this is podcast number three. And this month, we're going to tackle the topic that is, I'm sure, on everyone's mind. It's artificial intelligence. AI and its implications is taking the country by storm, and schools are certainly no different as schools and districts are trying to basically just figure out AI's place and the benefits and the pitfalls and all of that. So, and And we're here to talk about all of those things today and to address the issue today. We have three guests with us, and I'm going to let the three of you introduce yourselves, what is your role with the school district, and essentially kind of your connection to this topic. So, Christine Robertson, why don't we start with you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, thanks, Terry, for having us today. So, I'm Christine Robertson. I am the Executive Director of the San Luis Coastal Education Foundation. We're an independent 501c3, but we are partnered with the school district to make investments in innovation and equity.
0: Excellent. Terrific. Lisa?
2: Hi, I'm Lisi Mashta, the Assistant Superintendent of Educational Services for San Luis Coastal Unified School District, and I am excited to get to talk with everyone a little bit more about AI and its implications in our schools and wor- workplaces of the future.
0: Terrific, terrific! And Jeremy, you're on the more on the te- technology side,
3: right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm Jeremy Kalish. I'm the IT Director at San Luis Coastal Unified School District, and. My role really is to look at AI from a different approach, make sure that we set up the safeguards, make sure that we make look for any potential
0: um, pitfalls that um, kids may encounter. Excellent. Well, thank you all for being here. This is going to be a fun conversation. And, um, you know, I think our goal is to just try and take a little bit deeper dive. My experience with AI, um, with AI is basically chat GPT, but I I know when you think about artificial intelligence, it goes it goes well beyond that, and it, it certainly started way before that. Things like self-driving cars, et cetera. Even our phones, to some extent, have artificial intelligence built into them. So, Christine, let's, let's start with you, and, and let's kind of set the stage, talk a little bit about artificial intelligence. We know that it's beginning to impact virtually every industry we know of, um, but what exactly is AI, and how does it affect our daily lives?
1: That's a big question, so a <laughs> i's been around since computers I mean it's been around for you know well over sixty seventy years now, and what we're seeing today is just a new, much more sophisticated version of a i and so you know, most people would be familiar with what were known as these logic-based models that were very human-driven. And over the years, AI has evolved to be more sophisticated algorithms. And those algorithms now are what we're seeing in chat GPT, uh, known as large language models. We see what are called neural networks. Uh, these are much more complex systems that are going out and aggregating massive amounts of information from across the information ecosystem and using information to learn about information. And so the algorithms are analyzing and producing content based on the large body of content. But over time, these algorithms are becoming less human directed and are learning and having more of that artificial intelligence that we think of in how they are working through the information sets and then presenting that content to the public and so ways that we're seeing artificial intelligence just across across our day-to-day lives and across kind of the global landscape we see it showing up uh, broadly in industry, and I would say for the past you know 20 years or so, AI has been getting a foothold across industries, but maybe has been less visible to the general public because it hasn't been more of a consumer application like what we've seen with ChatGPT. But in industry, we've been seeing real significant innovations in agriculture as different technologies are putting sensors across fields and we see drones that are, Uh, doing aerial surveillance and taking measurements and helping make recommendations on crop yields, water conservation, and helping reduce pesticides. And so that's a specialized application that may not be visible to the average person. Uh, Same thing in healthcare. I think most people are becoming more familiar with these wearable devices that can be remotely monitoring uh, patients' vitals and then relaying that information in real time to healthcare providers and allowing those healthcare providers to you know look for anomalies that may be cause for concern and now some of the emerging technologies are a little bit more predictive that they're, you know, looking at data sets and helping anticipate and make diagnoses. And you know, there's some real potential in that because the computers maybe don't have some of the human biases that we've seen um, be particularly problematic in the healthcare field. And so the ability to make diagnoses or make recommendations is becoming increasingly sophisticated. And so in the healthcare setting, there's great potential. Uh, for how AI could reshape that field, and then of course, you know, one that we're uh, growing more familiar with is how AI is reshaping the transportation sector. Uh, we've seen uh, Tesla and the self-driving cars, and all of the sensors and cameras that are. Analyzing real time data and then directing the machine to uh, take certain actions in response to that data. Uh, And a lot of the forecasts are that we're going to see long haul trucking be the first major application of that AI in transportation. So, you know, I think we're seeing AI showing up across the landscape. There's incredible potential, but, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty because as these algorithms are uh, learning from information. I think there's just increasingly less understanding of maybe what's happening behind the the technology. And I think that's where, from an education perspective, we have both a challenge and an opportunity to think really deeply about how to prepare the, uh, today's kids for that future world that's going to be saturated in this technology.
0: Yeah. No, and and when we think about that, right, we're preparing kids not for our world, but for the world that awaits them. So w- w- why, in a sense, does this even matter for kids right now? I mean, given the, the complex nature of AI, why, why wouldn't schools just, as we sometimes tend to do, um, just tend to block it and try to keep it out of our schools and away from kids?
1: Well, maybe I'll take a quick stab at that and then hand it off to Lisa, sure. uh, who thinks very deeply about what this looks like in the school. So, again, you know, from a, a long range perspective, which is where the foundation is really focused, is, you know, anticipating and trying to think about how do we respond to this rapidly changing world There's been a lot of work done globally looking at, you know, technology and economic forecasts and trying to understand how technology is reshaping and impacting the world of work and society. And so we've seen some reports come from like the World Economic uh, Forum that's forecast that technology will displace 75 million jobs globally and then create 133 million new jobs. And so those new jobs that are going to be created are going to be jobs that incorporate and utilize AI. And so the skill sets that future employees need are going to be more technical skills. So preparing kids to understand how to harness and direct these technologies is going to be a critical skill set to their economic future. And, you know, similarly, Uh, The McKinsey Global Institute has projected that, you know, in the next decade, about 30% of U.S. workplace activities could be automated. And that's a trend driven by these AI advancements that we're seeing. So as kids move through our school system and anticipate moving out into the world of work, we want to make sure that they're ready to be successful with these technologies
0: yeah for sure thank you that that really helps set the stage because and, and lisa I want to talk a little bit about kind of the implications in the classroom but you know christine you talk about the importance of preparing kids for the world that awaits them i, I a a friend of mine who is arguably the most uh, intelligent person i know just recently applied for a job in um with chat gpt actually he equated it to getting into Harvard. That's how difficult it was to actually land a job as an engineer within that within that particular industry. Um, so, so we understand a little bit about how it's kind of taking over industries and why kids need to be prepared for that. But, uh, Lisa, talk a little bit about what what it actually looks like in the classroom. I think the normal person would think let's keep this away from kids, right? Because we want kids to be critical, independent thinkers. We don't want them to rely too heavily on technology, but we're starting to see that this has a place, right?
2: Right. And I want to go back to that idea that it is a quickly evolving, specialized technology that surrounds all of us, both in the classroom and in our lives. And one of the most important things for the little people that we get the opportunity to educate is their we need to explicitly explain to them that there's not a magic little person living in that cell phone that's telling you where to drive because without a a detailed explanation that there's something called artificial intelligence and the computer systems figure out how to get to the place we're going, right? There's all this misinformation and misunderstanding out there. And so the first thing is just to build awareness with younger people that this is a thing and this is how it can work. And there are people behind this thing and businesses behind this thing. So we need to, right now, we're already working on digital citizenship and media literacy skills with our students across the K-12 span. And what we're doing is we're folding in and adding learning opportunities about artificial intelligence and all the, you know, great things it does and changes it's bringing about for our new opportunities, but also the problems it can pose. Um, we want to empower our students with the knowledge that they will need to successfully navigate the work of their future, as well as their professional and personal lives. So one way it can look in the classroom is the direct instruction, media lessons, and another thing we're trying to address in our classrooms is what is plagiarism in today when a computer can do the assignment. So if the question that we are asking as educators can be answered by the artificial intelligence, it begs the question, is that the right question we want to be asking? So we need to rethink how we assess and shift to more performative uh, types of assignments and assessments that do require creative Creativity and um, critical thinking that the artificial intelligence can't so easily be used to just turn out work. Schools shouldn't be, in its best version, schools are not just task oriented places in the industrial model where children churn out worksheet after worksheet that the computer or calculator can do for you. But instead, we want them to be solving novel problems and debating and doing higher order thinking
0: yeah for sure well and i we certainly have gone beyond the 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 classroom model of the sage on the stage right where the teacher basically imparts knowledge and the student then takes it in and regurgitates it um this i think is a classic kind of you know example of how that has completely come full circle so talk a little bit about sort of that i i mean i i think what remains is that the most important relationship that exists is that relationship between teacher and student. So talk, talk a little bit about the role of the educator in the classroom and, and sort of what, what their, what, what their impact is.
2: Well, I think again, AI can um, help with teacher efficiencies and it can enhance good lesson planning, and add new creative ideas, but you still need a teacher to define the pace, to see the gaps and holes students need, to develop the relationship and motivation, because a computer or AI just assigning problems won't necessarily create a positive learning opportunity or outcome for students. Um, So those are some of the ways that teachers inherently still need to be part of the teaching and learning process is building those relationships creating motivations seeing gaps and holes that a bot or ai just can't do
0: well and i'm sure it's starting to sort of turn the teaching profession on its ear as well right i mean i mean to to go from that stage on the sta- stage on the stage to essentially you are the facilitator of the learning um it, it challenges educators educators in a lot of ways to say you don't have to have all of the answers right you just have to facilitate the learning so that kids can basically think critically for themselves understand the kinds of informations that the information that they're taking in and then be able to digest that in a way that you know benefits them right so thank you that that's that really helps me so i as you can tell I like to just sort of process things out loud. So thanks for indulging me. I appreciate it. So Jeremy, um, tell me a little bit about kind of the, you know, your role in, in the school district and from the technology side, I'm sure that this is, has impacts from from perspective of policies and procedures and protocols and things like that. So um, I'm sure that you and your department have had to grapple with this as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, AI is blowing up everywhere. I think we're in
3: that stage with AI and its adoption that everybody's throwing it into everything and they're not quite sure where it fits. So we're seeing AI put into stuff where like, I don't know if that really makes sense anymore. And what's really cool is you have those people that are super excited, and, and teachers included, and students that are super excited about AI. And then you also have the the leaders and laggers, right? So then you have those that are like, "I'm never going to adopt AI for the for for the sake of it, right? I just barely got an email address." <laughs> so with that being said, you know we have to like really like look at AI and, under the cover, you know, and. And what Christine said is that, you know, AI is going out and it's collecting this huge amount of data, right? And the challenge that we have is we don't know where that data is coming from that it's going to present to s- students and staff. And I'm going to use a good example. Uh, we, we did a, uh, a board study session about AI and we had ChatGPT unlocked for, you know, staff to use. But one of the, the data sets that it pulled was flagged by our web filter as mature content. So we, uh, within the IT department at the school district, have to provide, you know, a safe learning environment for all students, right? And so that means we have to protect them against, you know, violent or explicit content. And so as AI is rolling out, we, we need to analyze and really dig deep into the terms of service and evaluate the products and services that we want to implement with our students and staff to make sure that it's appropriate for the ages in which they are being utilized. And a lot of us just really want to jump on and go, okay, let's get Google Bard, for example, up and and running. Let's, let's, let's try this out. But if you take a step back and you read the really boring legalese that I apparently love reading, it says that you have to be 18 years old or over to use it. And a lot of that is, is they don't really truly know where their data sets are coming from. And so that's the easy way to say, well, we don't care. You're an adult. Use it. And so... We have to be really careful, especially at this like really quick adoption where everybody's putting AI into it, that we 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 take a step and we really evaluate to make sure it is truly safe for our students and really safe for our staff as well to be utilizing within a classroom environment.
0: Mm-hmm yeah for sure well and i think we've learned a lot from social media platforms right Mm -hmm. and and the way in which we try to balance sort of that social responsibility aspect that we can't necessarily count on them to do Right. So so in a lot of ways, I think um, th- this balance that we're trying to reach has to fall on us as educators. So um, I don't know if you guys want to just kind of round out that conversation real quick, just to talk a little bit about, you know, ha- has this been um, ha- how tough has this been to manage for you as a school district?
2: Well, right now, since um certain websites are unlocked for our teaching staff and they are adults and we want to encourage them to explore and learn and if there are materials that are appropriate to share with the class they can project it up on the board but they're the ones that are controlling um, the direction you know they can they can project their computer screen and they're in control and we currently are not allowing um, anyone on our network devices for our students to go out and use um, content unless it is specific specifically made for the K-12 Um, kind of sphere is one of the things we're doing. We are trying to leave the door open for how AI can be used creatively. So for example, we had one of our teaching staff create AI-generated images as a staff member, and then they shared and printed them and shared them on paper copies to students in a creative writing class, an English class. And then the students wrote their own stories about these AI-created, generated things. So we're trying to find new and novel ways for staff to use it with students and talk about it with students without kind of unleashing students to reach potential places that aren't appropriate for them to go. We're we're also collaborating um, as best we can with university partners. So um, Christine and a group of educators had an opportunity to go to a Cal Poly forum to learn more about it and hear what's happening in our broader educational community. We also anticipate um, seeking feedback from stakeholder groups such as community members parents teaching staff as we develop we have no official um, board policies as they haven't been recommended yet by any of our official organizations um, but we are looking towards doing that with groups of stakeholder input
0: got it and from an age-appropriate standpoint is it is it is it primarily in the high school at the high school level right now
2: as far as I know, it's primarily at the high school yeah. level right now.
0: Got it. Okay. Well, my goodness, we are already at 20 minutes. <laughs> you can you believe that? That was... um That was a lot of fun. Christina, I want to give you an opportunity to just promote the Education Foundation because I know how valuable a partner the foundation is with the school district. So um, why don't you take a moment just to talk just very briefly about the foundation and how people can can gain more information?
1: Oh, I appreciate that. We have such a privilege to be working in partnership with the San Luis Coastal Unified School District. I mean, even just in this, this topic of AI, what we've been able to observe and participate in. You know, as an entity that's both inside and you know, independently little outside of the district, is having this perspective on how proactive uh, the school district is, and. This conversation about AI is not one that caught this school district off guard or flat footed, but you know this is a district that has been very much on the leading edge of thinking through what this could mean, Um, again, proactively and not reactively. These are complicated, fast moving topics, but um, I just want to make sure that I close out my comments with really authentic high praise for the district. It's been impressive to see how they've managed such a complicated topic in a way that is both highly... Uh, Protective of kids, but also uh, making sure that we're setting kids up for long range success. And so there's a a sophistication there that I have to applaud. And so, you know, the Education Foundation. Uh, as I said at the outset, we are really focused on how do we set kids up for long range success and bring the community into that conversation as thought partners and investors. You know, that, that there are certain things that we as a community would love to see as opportunities for kids in our school. And many of those things are just practically outside the bounds of what a school district, a public school district, can afford to do. But we don't want our students to miss out on those opportunities. And we also want to make sure that we're bringing those opportunities to kids in a truly equitable way and that we're breaking down barriers to opportunity for kids. And many people don't know in San Luis Coastal, nearly 40% of the kids across our community are socioeconomically disadvantaged. So there's Mm -hmm. a huge opportunity to lift up kids and make sure that uh, they leave our system prepared, supported uh, to step out and be future leaders and um, really help us build the community that we want 30, 40, 50 years from now. So that's the that's the work of the foundation. And we do that, again, in very close partnership with the school district. and. Um, so yeah, we would love for people to get involved and to learn more. Our website is uh, www.slcef.org slcef.org.
0: Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it you know, I think just based on our conversation today, so oftentimes you people who particularly those who don't have you know, kids that are school-aged, um, or, or or their children may have been out of the system for quite a number of years. Um, this is something that, y- you know, people sometimes sort of judge us by um, what they read in the newspaper, or what they see in the headlines, or what they see on television. Um, having the opportunity to talk to the three of you, I think, is is truly gives some perspective into the the. You know, just the thoughtfulness that that goes into conversations like this, decisions like this one, um that you know, every step you make has a, a tremendous impact on kids. So I just appreciate kind of the thoughtful approach that you've all taken um with this. And I appreciate you all being here to to help us with a deeper dive into this topic. So thank you, thank you for being here today. Thank you. yeah, you're welcome. Great. And also, I just wanted to uh, briefly thank the San Luis Obispo County Office of Education, everyone working behind the scenes, turning the dials and pushing the buttons. Thank you all for all that you do. And certainly Mandy Dawson um, for um, helping us to get everything scheduled and set up so so wonderfully. So, And thank you all for joining us on yet another episode of Inside Your Schools. We'll see you next time.